Welcome to the Points Performance Podcast with me, Tom Blake. This week, I'm joined by Charlie Bowling and Michael Wheatman. Uh, Charlie, could you introduce yourself, please, pal? I'm Charlie Bowling. I'm a Team GB wrestler and I am the head coach at Farmer Strong. Definitely the hardest person we've had on the podcast so far, then. <laughs> I just make it up, it changes every week. <laughs> <laughs> Weets, introduce yourself, mate. Is this a video or an audio? It's going to be an audio. Don't worry, That's no one can good, see that, it. isn't it? Because you don't want to see that. I just did video <laughs> do you that. <laughs> We've all seen enough of your bollocks, lad. <laughs> not seen that thing stuck between his teeth as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. bad. That's smooth, that. <laughs> Try and eat some more veg, aren't they? Health and that. They're gone. Don't look, lads. It's bad, that. Just trying to gap my teeth. So my name is Michael Wheatman. Um, I recently set up my own business with MWE Train Systems after gym hopping for the past 12 years. And this is my second time on the um, on the podcast. I'm looking, to, looking forward to getting cracking. Pleasure to have you back, mate. And mm. um, yeah, nice surprise having Charlie on as well. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So tell me about what you guys have been up to at the minute. Where are you training at the minute? Yeah, so we've... Uh, Oh, how long will I eat now, Charlie? It all started around 12 months ago. I started uh, working with you over in Bolton. Things have gone strength, strength to strength, really. Just uh, learning from each other and now hopefully going to start some new projects together uh, down at the farm and, and whatnot. So I'll let you, I'll let you explain a bit, a bit further. Yeah, it's a I was working at the uh, fitness room in Bolton, then Charlie came over um, and started his SNC. And then I got exposed to the whole world of uh, wrestling. I didn't even know it was an actual thing, which I thought was uh, something you see on Sky Sports. And ever since then, it's, it's, it's been a fascinating, it's probably the most fascinating sport I've, uh, I've been exposed to so far. So yeah, uh, I just started learning from Charlie. And then only recently, um, since lockdown, you opened your own little place, didn't you? Like the uh, uh, Farmer Strong, which was on your farm. Um, I'm starting to get involved in that and do some projects out of that. And hopefully, when this crazy lockdown finishes, we can do some, we can get some, some, uh, some decent projects rolled out. So that's where we are right now. We just got well, there's nothing really set in, set in stone. We're just uh, just freestyling, really. That's yeah. all been in the last 12 months. is just new ideas coming coming through and understanding why we do certain things, why we train like we do. So, as a wrestler, you mean? Yeah, as a well, yeah, as an athlete in general. Yeah, and what and what if you uh, doing things differently then? What have you found? What works is is it the the old standard stuff that's been working for you all your life, or have you found that new methodologies and different types of training are starting to work for you as a wrestler? Um, well, it's a bit of both, a bit of both, really. So, two years ago, when I was in, um, I was training like full time in Canada. Uh, we had a strength conditioning program that would follow and change every six weeks, and it was a lot of Olympic lifting. And it was very hard to um, juggle that with full time wrestling training. So it was very uh, strenuous on the body. Just demanding on your joints and your CNS and. Yeah, and when you're doing it three times a week, it just you don't actually feel like you're benefiting benefiting from it because you're so tired. 
Hmm. So when I came back over here, I wanted to make the step up to 74 kilos after the Commonwealth Games. I was cutting nine nine kilograms to make 65. Oof. So as you can imagine, you're losing, you're losing a lot of your strength doing that weight cut. So I wanted to make the step up to 79, but I knew if I was going to do that, I need to start some proper strength conditioning training that wasn't going to take a huge impact on my body and take away from the main bit, which was the wrestling, the skill side of things. Yeah. I started working with Michael and it, it fitted really well uh, with what I was doing, just training, training together uh, twice a week. And it was just using uh, a different approach to what I would normally use, which was the Olympic lifts. Don't get me wrong, we, we, we have used um, them lifts but it's, I'll let Michael explain a bit more of how different yeah. the training was for me. Um, Charlie, before we go into what you're doing now, would you just give us a little bit of an insight as to what your Olympic lifting programme looked like when you were training three times a week on, on just solely the Olympic lifts? Um, well, we were doing like uh, cleans. We were, it, was, it, was all, it was clean and jerk, just broken up into different exercises, if that yeah. makes sense. Were you so training? From, would you say you were training like an Olympic weightlifter? Well, I don't. I don't know what on how an Olympic weightlifter would train. Like I was thrown in at the deep end, not knowing how to do any Olympic lifting. And I think that that's one of the barriers sometimes. Like if you're thrown in with and your skill isn't very high, you can't get yeah. a lot out. You can't get as much out of it. Whereas you could pick up a seventy k bag and fling it about and yeah. jump do some explosive jumps and then you've got all the carryover of Olympic lifting without having to spend all that time learning how to front rack um, yeah. or, you know, get a decent overhead position. I said that on Monday we were doing uh, some cleans and because for the last five months I was using the sandbag, the technique of the clean felt so much better just because of having that, um, how can you say, like just using the bag, you get that movement of what you need to be using. You know how to you know how to extend and drive through your legs as hard as possible. Two well, it'll be three years ago now. Sorry, we were thrown in at the deep end. Um, I was working with we were working in pairs, and me and the lad who I'd work with every week didn't have any clue if we were doing it right. So we were just it's mental, isn't it? To hear those stories, it's like if you if you're looking after an Olympic a GB team and. You don't know what you're doing. But yeah, this was um, a university team in Canada. Don't get me wrong; it was great the the training, but that but the sessions were two hours long. So you were following a program. Ego, this is what you're doing. Follow it yourself. If you need some help, I'm here to. We're, we've got coaches to tell you what we we're doing. But because it was that long, you just got bored of doing like um, sets and sets and sets and sets. Like, yeah. Six, yeah, six sets of three of fucking this. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, and I'm sure there's like some carryover, but there's, there's, of course, there's a better way to do it, isn't there? For every person. It was boring, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. And it's not great on your, it's not great on your joints, is it? Like, if you've not got ideal positions. Well, it's not great when three days before you've had two days of sparring training in the morning you know your body's already pretty um beat up pretty beat up so that day where you come to do your strength conditions you would class that as like a recovery day but it's not a recovery day 
spanky day. Right, cool. So thanks for that. Let's have a let's have a chat about what you've been up to instead then, like from the last 12 months. Last 12 months. So um, this time last year, I was wrestling in the Oberliga in Germany, uh, where I'd have one wrestling match every weekend. But this season's been cancelled due to uh, the coronavirus. All the competitions have been cancelled this year. So the only training I was doing was with Michael, uh, the remote coaching for our lockdown. So he was sending me my programs uh, and I was just finding odd objects that were lying about the farm. And for the type of training we were already doing, it was perfect. So what was I using to start off with? Just odd pieces of metal. And um... Well, that was, that, was, that, that was like the whole... Uh, the whole task, I was like, try and find something that weighs like this and see what you can work with. And then you start coming out with all kinds of like slabs of iron and yeah. like bale wraps and stuff. And that's why we're like, this is working really well, actually. And you took it over from there, didn't you? And started making your own thing for us. Yeah. So you were sending me the programs. I was finding literally anything to lift using a forklift truck to do pull-ups on and Men. Uh, what have you. And started posting it on Instagram stories and people were saying, oh, that, that, that looks pretty cool. It looks different. So come to May time when the restrictions got lifted, um, I started inviting some friends down to train with me and then it just stemmed from there. And it, 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 I, I started to call it Farmer Strong because I live on a farm. And if you know anything about kids who grow up on farms, they tend to be pretty functionally strong due to the, the work that some has taken on a farm, just lifting, pushing, slamming, any odd object that's lying about. And that's where it came from. And it's gone from strength to strength, really, ever since uh, May time. Love it. And you sounded like a football manager just during that last part of that sentence then, so well done, Stephen Clarence. <laughs> we... <Strength to strength. laughs> <laughs> we... How have you found it then? How has it been to train? Um, and I know you've trained high-level athletes in the past, like like Leone. Um, what's it been like just to go completely out of your comfort zone, really, to start with and train a wrestler? It was. Um, it's interesting because I think, like most uh, combat sports I've been exposed to now, um, it's fascinating to see how little it's evolved like Charlie was saying there it's just like you know like his go and go and do us half and don't know what they're doing um so to be exposed I was like this this is like this is like decades behind and it's the only sport I think I've been involved in where um I've experienced that so to start bringing some uh, structure to what seems like quite a bit of chaos has been uh, quite a worthwhile task I feel so it's been fun that way. Um, but at the same time, they're all super, what's the way to say it? They're all highly specialised. So it's quite, it's, 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 it's like, it's a back to front timeline because they're not very good generalists and they're extreme specialists. Then on the mats, they're phenomenal. But you give them a barbell and they're like day one, week one. Yeah. So trying to bring that gap, like, closer together has been really tough because they are just so specialist you know so like that and, that, and that, that's been the whole like work trying to bring that kind of distance together 
And that's been uh, the challenge a bit, especially the mindset of a lot of grappling sports and combat sports as well, where uh, recovery is just a, a no-go and it's work, 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 work. And that's that's the culture, which is mega, but also has its um, uh, drawbacks too. It's going to have a detrimental right. effect, isn't it? It is. It's like so you... bizarre. It's yeah. such a... If you look at wrestling, for instance, such it's one of the oldest sports in the in the world, right? Um, and I think they're all switched on than the other sports I've been involved in that maybe the MMA side of things, for instance. But at the same time, uh, it's all been about just doing the sport to get out of the sport, which 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 has worked for a long period of time. But now people are starting to open their eyes to what else can I do to get out of the sport? Then it's starting to look at bringing um, S&C into it, but then it's just too much. It's just, it's just everything. And they have to, you know, like, say like the MMA side of things, they're doing striking and then they're doing grappling then they're doing conditioning then they're doing strength then they're doing running. You know, it's just like, God, it's just, they try and do everything and it becomes a, a mess. Yeah. So trying to sort that out is, uh, has become the hardest thing I think, I think I've done so far actually, work-wise. Yeah. I think with 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 grappling and, and MMA, it just it, it depends again, like on we and we've said this before, we it's like it depends on the individual, doesn't it? Like no person should be training the same way as everybody else, really, at, at that sort of level. Like, why on earth if you were like an unbelievable grappler and you needed to improve your striking, then you know where you need to be working, don't you? You know, you need to be where you need to be spending a bit more time. Um, but also you need to be really good at your strengths and what and what you know you can do um, instead of just trying to fight somebody else's fight, for example. Mm-hmm. But you definitely definitely see that. As, like MMA is really a pretty new sport, isn't it? It's because, you know, it's what is it, 25, 30 years old? Um, and nobody probably knows the best way to train for it. There's things that work. But... There's not much science been put into it, has there? Yeah, not enough time, is there really? Just like uh, this uh, vaccine. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a bit of a weird one, but what have you what have you guys found that works? Like Charlie, what sort of um what sort of carryover have you seen from ditching the the a lot of the weight? So obviously you are lifting a bit, but what sort of carryover have you seen from playing with a sandbag and doing different types of training um, instead of doing all that lifting? I I always felt like um, I needed to understand why I was doing something. So when I had the SNC programs in the past, I was like, why do I am I doing that? Whereas now it's just like, okay, once a week, do a sandbag session, for example, and then that's enough. Like I feel good. I feel like it's enough. I'm not burnt out. Mm. Yeah. And I think that knowing why you're doing something, enjoying it, you're gonna get way more out of it. And yeah. As in, like, you you believe in it. Yeah, you believe in it, yeah. I think yeah. the next had those, the enjoyment yeah. aspect of it, instead of just having something on a piece of paper that you have to complete. And I think a lot of athletes feel that they need that that guidance uh, of being told what to do. And I think when I started with working with Michael, he always used to set the mickey out of me saying, like, you want to be spoon-fed to being told what you're, what you're going to do rather than just, like cracking on with it yeah yeah that's definitely something I've been guilty of as well I think like there needs to be 
a level of compliance and adherence and confidence in what you're doing. But then at the same time, like you need to know what works best for you, don't you? And I think that that's just something that comes in ex- with experience and and time. I think with that as well, if if you saw if you saw hellbound by rules of a program, if if sports just that person's way of expressing themselves when it comes to the match, the game, whatever, if they're so driven on like telling me exactly what to do, well, it's 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 it's, it's too heavily based on reliance towards the coach, and you've got to give that back to the athlete and be like. I need you to start thinking for yourself. And also, boys, think a bit less and just be a bit free to express yourself. Like, movement isn't, movement isn't and progress isn't as robotic as that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, kind of the person relaxing for you a little bit. That is the whole point of expressing yourself when it comes to doing your job, which is your sport. Yeah. Yeah. What like, you mentioned, always, go on, sorry, Charlie. A lot of athletes always feel like they're missing out, don't they? Like, that's a big like thing, the anxiety. We've seen people in the past who are like, well, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that. But just hold on a second, just take time and just do what just do what you need to do. Like you don't need to train like an absolute madman to be good. No, I think that's it. I think that's that's, that's, that's the culture, isn't it? If if you go like on, on, on YouTube, whatever, type with anything, and all you're gonna see is someone lying on the floor in a pool of sweat because that's what sells tickets, that looks really good, it's exciting. If you show them the reality, they'd be like Nah, that kind of be it. Like that is it. I just I can't make it look any sexier. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but no amount of like background music or filters or black and white shots is going to do that. You just gotta, you just, just gotta constantly like, just, just. I think it's a question of like what's reality and what's the camera to show you. Knowing what the camera shows you is reality. So just, just be mindful of, of that and running through walls and lifting cars. There's probably not a lot of coaches who know what the reality is, though. Because they've probably seen the YouTube videos and think, right, that's how I need to train my athletes. Just go, let's go absolutely mental. Absolutely reckon. <laughs> Here's a serious question for you boys. Do you think the Rocky training montages have skewered the idea of what fitness is and training hard should be? It's two points that, isn't it? Because people watch that and think, that's mint. Especially the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is, isn't it? It's class. Um, I think I'd probably prefer them to do that than a lot of the things that they do currently do. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. yeah. Especially Rocky Four when he's in the in the is mountains and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that is decent. That's a great it's a great trading montage, isn't it? Just for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mega. That was a joke. That was a joke question, but like but you're, you're right, yeah. That's what you see. You see, like, like in the CrossFit world, you see Matt Fraser doing this. He actually doesn't post that much. But you see all these CrossFitters doing certain stuff, and everyone's like, shit, I need to be doing that. Do you really, though? Yeah. Do you really need to be doing that? Um, it's, uh, I think it's a big thing, you know, what Charlie was saying there, with, with the, it's, it's almost like a syndrome. It's like the fear of missing out. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what news come along this past week? Is there any new program I can do that's come along this past week. And you're like, what was wrong with the one you were doing? You're like, well, well, nothing. You're like, well, why should we change it? Yeah. Well, just because I've seen so-and-so doing this, you're like, that's what so-and-so's doing. Let them play their game and let's play our game. And when yeah. we come to playing the game against each other, well, then we can talk about, did it work, did it not? But that's just basic science. You do something belonging. You see the results. Did, did it work? Yeah, well, let's keep doing it. Did it not work? Well, let's change it. Yeah. But people don't do anything belong enough for, for, to take effect. 
before they've hopped on a new program or a new gym or a new coach. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. Every month they can start something new. It's, I always think that with CrossFitters, I think, uh, and this is a good thing about CrossFit, a really good thing. I think how many people wouldn't do any exercise whatsoever if CrossFit wasn't so fun? Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd be like, treadmill no or like whatever the, the we were doing in pure gym or whatever they'd be like absolutely not that's boring as fuck you know i mean give me thrusters and pull-ups and burpees and all that fun yeah. fun stuff and I've all, like i've just i've just um started creating a, an eight-week program of called train like a like a wrestler and i'm just in the process of piecing the workouts together now if a personal trainer was to look at that they'd probably pick it apart and say, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But for me, it's workouts that I think have helped me and that are fun to do, not because it's like in, a, in an order. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, what, do you, what do you both think about that? Me personally, I think, I always think with programming that a bad program done really, really well you'll get way more out of that than you will from a great program done badly or half acid. Like, so like your Olympic lifting yeah. might've been the perfect program for whatever. But if you're like, I fucking hate this, my knees are fucked and I'm really tired and I'm getting smashed by a bloke 10 kilos lighter than me every day because of it, no one's going to get anything out of it. Whereas yeah. if it's like your program, you might, it might not be as scientific, but you know that you get more explosive from this. You feel better from that. You're more enduring because of doing this. Your grip strength's better from carrying every bags. After eight weeks, then that program's going to be great like for whoever it's great for. Yeah. I think recently as well, because of, because of uh, or just the way it seems to have gone, it's gone very like science-y and like, like performance wise you know like and I think people are coming out with like um, they just try to outdo each other with like who's got the biggest words for the most simple terms and do you think like, that's because everyone's got Google and they're like right well that's actually bullshit and you know just trying to debunk each other it's just pseudoscience eh? it's like who can convince the, the audience to try to work with who's got the most idea about what they're doing and in the meantime we're actually neglecting the audience and we're just shouting amongst ourselves between who's got the who's got the most certs or, or whatever it's, it's, we've gone about with like the, the total wrong way. And I think, I think like, it's like you said, like, um, it's not even, it's not even what you do. It's, it's how you do it. If you had Usain Bolt's program, you wouldn't be as good as him because you're not him regardless how many times you could do his program better than him and you still yeah. wouldn't be here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's never even what you do. It's purely how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Put that a T. <laughs> I want to see this program anyway, mate. I want to see it. I'll, I'll probably it. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I just want to see it. But yeah, yeah I'm cool. interested because it'd be really interesting to see from, especially from someone who's an athlete first, then a coach. Yeah, like and then not just like I do a bit of CrossFit and then I become a coach. I mean, a high level successful athlete. It's just what I think was good for me. Yeah, like I think a lot of people can benefit from the stuff I've learned. Yeah, on the other side of it, mate. Like looking at looking at play devil's advocate a little bit now as well. We could probably throw a piece of shit at you, and it, you'd be real do really well with it. Do you know what I mean? Because 
you'd, you'd, you'd be successful with most programs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I could just give you Wendler and throw in a, a bit of sandbag carrying and you'd probably get really strong and fit from it. Do you know what I mean? I because so. of your, yeah, your physical potential and how hard you work and how much you want to improve. Yeah. That's another thing as well. If you was, if I was giving this to somebody who's like not wrestled before, for example, you just do a bit of training. Would it have the same effect? Probably not because everyone's at a different level, aren't they? Yeah. So I've, seen, yeah. I've seen Charlie, but he's been engaged in a programme and completely disengaged from a programme, which is why I stopped doing certain things because like, I'm losing a bit. Yet. I've lost his mm. interest. Yeah. And he's like, and not that his head falls off, but he becomes a perfectionist. And that was one of the things that I pulled up, like, I think really early on. I was like, you're thinking way too much and you're not, you're not, it, it's not enabling to express yourself. You know, like you do like a, like cleans because like, oh, you've had exposure to weight and let's do some of this. And I was like, that's really good. He was like, yeah, but, you know, my elbow could have been higher. My wrist could have been better. My catch position. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Forget, I'm not trying to make it weight. I think the way you lift weight is really, uh, what's the right word? You lift weight really well. Happy days. Like, but it could be better. I was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you a weight to go. We had that for a while, didn't we? And, and we, that's what we stopped doing. I was like, I'm, if I keep pushing this point home, I'll probably lose him. Yeah. Because it wasn't he's, me. He's the way I wanted yeah. to be involved in the programme. So we just left it alone, stopped doing it. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. feel like you're not benefiting if you're not doing it right? Just one minute, this microwave was in. Good out. Young, these young guys, not not professional. Are they? Chicken and broccoli, is it? <laughs> Fish yeah. and rice cake. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, that he is. If anyone doesn't know, um, Charlie is that bloke off that video. Um, uh, yeah, just got to get the. Fish and a rice cake. Yeah, it's actually just 12 o'clock now. 12 o'clock, I'll have me fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's fat. Harry Proper has to think about like what he's having. I couldn't believe that when he first saw it. Was it on like Proper. ITV4 or something like that? He's massive. I've seen him. He's in good nick, isn't he? Massive. Yeah, there was like an article in the sun about him. Go on, man. Where is he now? Yeah, where he is. <laughs> He's yeah, fucking yeah, massive. Yeah. Brilliant. What were we saying there? Um, you yeah. were saying something there, about how I almost lost John there when we did the weighting side of things. No, just saying like, if you're an athlete, I found in the past, if you weren't doing it right, you always feel like you wasn't benefiting. But it's like you said, you're not training to be... An Olympic weightlifter, you train to be a wrestler. Yeah, you want progress, not perfection. You're looking just to try and get better to add to what you want to be, which is the best wrestler you can be, isn't it? It's not like, oh, I'm going to go and win a gold in the 77 weightlifting class or whatever. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? And that's, and I think as, as, as a coach side, that's where you choose the appropriate tool, depending on the reaction of the person you're doing it with. So with Charlie, I thought he was being a bit too much of a perfectionist. And I was like, well, weightlifting is a sport that is pretty much based on perfection. So maybe this isn't the right thing to be doing. So I was like, let's just bend that off. Let's throw some med balls and let's get some sandbags. Get the same benefits of if you if you want to get into the details of triple extension. Whatever you choose to do that with works. Just yeah. wait until the quickest way to add weight. But then again, we're not trying to be a weight. That's a good. So that's a good thing. Just give them a bit of var- give a bit of variance as well, and then it completely disassociates with any sort of like I've failed because I've not cleaned it this this way, and it's like threw that bag really far over my shoulder. 
Yeah, it's, it, 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 as well as weight, because they know what's on the bar, they start acting a different way, they stop doing what they know they can do. They're like, oh, this is the weight that I stick at. And you're like, that's this, we're, we're missing the point. If this is not even the main bit of the program, we've got a lot more to do apart from just like this first set of cleans, I'm already starting to, starting to lose them. Yeah. And, and then you might have somebody else who's, who loves it and isn't asked like 80K, mint, I'm just going to fucking bang it. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. But everybody's different, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were, we were going to talk a little bit about training specificity and mm. when out as an as an off season as an athlete like in an off season, is it good to CrossFit? Is it good to cross train? Um, what are the benefits of it? Should everyone do it? That was the plan. Yeah, we so, so so we wanted to ask you, Tom, since we're all different, we've all got different experiences. You know, like uh, since you're how long have you been involved in CrossFit now? Um, 2013, I got my level one. So what, and the, the, the unanswerable question, what is CrossFit? As in CrossFit's version of it. What is it? Or to me. To you? To me. It's, uh, for me, it is my favourite and the most, of, uh, to me, for what I've, for when working with people, the most effective way of making people who they want to be. Fitness, personality, confidence, self-esteem. Mostly I've had a lot of success with it um, for any style of training I've done with people. Um, and I'm, I'm a, just a firm believer that it works for, the, for everyone if they want it to work. Like it's mm -hmm. the right training methodology that I want to use. Um, obviously there's different ways of doing things. Different people, like we've said already, work better with different exercises or the different types of movements or whatever it is. But could you give us a could you give us a brief a brief uh, summary of what the methodology is? Constantly varied functional movement performed at high intensity. So that's how yeah, we, that's how we say it. So, <laughs> um, so <laughs> go on. Yeah. So. Um, like I said earlier, it's it's fun, it's varied. Um, the way we program it at CrossFit 3D isn't random, but it's varied. Um, it's varied with methodologies. So the way we program at 3D at the minute is we have a short, heavy, intense day, then a medium sort of moderate day, time, domain, weight, skill-wise, and then we have a longer day, which is more aerobic sort of based, simpler sort of day. And we have like a three-day split that works like that, and then we cycle movements throughout those methodologies and those time domains as well. Um, we're finding that people are getting really, really strong doing this and more confident. And because they're being exposed to heavier weights, more they're being exposed to um, higher skills, it's, in, it's making them get better um, instead of just giving them the, what, what they want. Which would be the, which would be the argument that, that, that we're trying to... Um decipher I guess between uh because it's 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 a generalist program isn't it yes yeah so but it's not to peak it's not even yeah. for the open the CrossFit Games open it's not to peak it's to train year round no periodize yeah. no periodization um yeah. and you mean we could we can't do that because everybody's lives are different you just want people to come in and train and be their best version of themselves and like look good naked um yeah people will eventually give themselves their own deloads and back off periods when they go on holiday, when they get a bug, they get this like the flu or whatever. Um, 
or when they just have a week off training for for work reasons. So, yeah. I think, I think that's harder to do that than it is to actually plan something where there is. I agree, mate. I agree. Um, There's no timeline, is there? No. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely different than going through a peaking phase with an athlete, a weightlifter, a, a wrestler, or even a crossfitter who's peaking for a competition. Um, if you've got experience with that, um, it, it is difficult. But at the same time, it's not because we all know what the movements are. We all know how to coach them really well, which is probably more important than the program. Um, and... Yeah, we know how to cycle these movements and get get people exposed to most things that they need. So my argument, and what I'm trying to get a lot of people to um, to think about, is to do more of that. Because like I said at the start, the majority of athletes that I work with, they're already super specialised. Yeah. And like, that's think... all well and good, but you haven't got a broad enough like, general athletic foundation or base in which we can further specialise you. If we could increase your, your just your general skills, yeah, you know that's my I, I, I'm trying to get people onto more of a GPP type program that lasts all year round. When people come into camp, right, and they've got a fight in four weeks, and you're like, why are you out of shape? Why are you why are you trying to cram all this work in the four weeks? Why, why have you got to lose eight, eight kilos of body fat in the next four weeks? Like, yeah, why are you always in shape? It's the only time I've been exposed to it where um, I don't know what to do for the rest of the year, you know? Like, personally, and I, 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 my plan's never to compete. It's very rare that I find myself out of shape. Mm. You know what I mean? If I think it's if because, maybe it's because the, money, the peak, like, so Charlie mentioned weight cutting before. The peak is so pressurised. It's, it's so demanding. It's so stressful maybe after the fight, after the court, after whatever it is, after the competition, they're just fucking burned out a little bit. And yeah. they go, I'm not going hard for the next two months or whatever it is. And then, and then I think that there's like, there's there's not going hard for two months and then there's like completely chinning it off and having chippy every day. <laughs> like, and and just binning it off. It's and too, I think that if you go too, too, right? too extreme... Too extreme, far, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And like you said, I think that I think there's there's so much benefit to having a generalized plan most of the time because you're gonna fill in the little gaps in your in your strength and your fitness and your mobility and whatever energy system it is. You'll do it by accident. You'll round yourself out as an athlete. It's like as we see, we have a, a triathlon club that come in here once a week, and they're all probably like got mega five Ks and they can swim this and bike that but then they swing a 12 kilo kettlebell and do you know what I mean? It's frightening. It's frightening. It's like, you can't carry your shopping in from the car. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Know, no, it's, it's true. It's true. Isn't it? it's, how, it's like, how can I call you anything with athlete on the end of it? Like if you're struggling to do these really basic things, like, you know, pick up your 11 year old kid or yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like Mo Farah watched him finish a 10 K race once and he like broke the world record by whatever. His 10-year-old daughter runs up to him and he can't pick her up. And I know he's knackered. <laughs> I know he's knackered from just running a race, but fucking hell, man. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's a perfect example of someone who's so specialised. Yeah. And I wonder, because it, it'll probably never be, never be done, but could he have been even better? Don't know. What was that that's bullshit? Quan advert practice protein. <laughs> oh, no. Shut up, Mo. No, I'm only joking. Mo oh. and Farah's amazing. TUEs or not. Um, but yeah, he's, he is at that extreme end end of uh, the scale. 
and because that is what sports is, sport yeah. in itself is specific too. Yeah, and that's absolute peak gold yeah. medal shape phase. And like, I bet Charlie, when he's on the mats and he's ready to rip someone's head off, he's probably shit at pistols and fucking, you know, um, but snatching. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's probably terrible at it. But to keep his to keep him fit and training all year and healthy and and engaged and happy, yeah, you need to get away from specialising. You think about like even just think about that, like you know, like I'm 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 quite uh, uh, look at like the wrestling shot where the knee completely crossed the toe, right? You do that how many times a week would you do that if you're in camp, oh. Charlie? Like like how many times? Like how many shots do you take? It's always it's it, 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 practice, really, isn't it? You warm up yeah, with it, so, like it's you like your thing you do. You shoot, don't you? Like you just yeah. You so hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of like a week, right? So why wouldn't it be a good idea to just spend a bit of time all year round pushing your knee over your toe in different ways, so that when you go and do it in sport, you don't tear your knee up. It's yeah. just as simple as that. I mean, you've got to get even more complicated than that. I bet. I bet yeah, the lad. I bet the lad who can do pistols really well has got a fantastic shot entry and they never injured, they never smashed the knee, they never hurt their Achilles. I don't see how this is, a, this is, this is not a rational way of thinking. And then they go back to the skills practice and then you've obviously got to get better with your skill. Yeah. But you've got, if you've got like... On the skill at a much, to a much greater extent than someone who doesn't practice physical capacity. You know, like the skills that are involved in physical capacities. Also, also, you could say that like they haven't just practiced shooting all year and smashed the patella into dust. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> if you look at the best wrestlers in the world, they're so mobile. Mm. Like you can do. I, don't, I can't even make a an example, but yeah, I mean, uh, even um, Ricky Lundell in America, Sorry, being flexible. It's about being yeah. able to. Just they move. can do shit with the bodies, can't they? They can yeah. manipulate the bodies in all sorts of ways. Like, you know, I bet the most, you know, depending on the weight class, but I bet loads of them are like backflips, handsprings, yeah. all sorts of like mad stuff, <laughs> splits. I was a wrestling class, so like I went down one in Manchester and the walk was doing all that. It was cartwheels and, and backflips and I was like, fucking hell, I have really got any of this in me. I remember the first time I did one, I just tried it and it was just like so fast. Like I was going like, six foot back rather than just like you know how you see a gymnast do it where it's like on the spot yeah struggling to tuck instead of like yeah, struggling to yeah. tuck, you end up going about 12 feet in the well other. that's an even better argument for being a generalist that you haven't learned how to do a gymnastic backflip yet you could backflip yeah, yeah. and i'm not i'm sure that like you know the, the way you were going to backflip is probably a little bit more Oh, you'd suplex someone anyway, isn't it? Yeah, probably. You'd like right. arch and lean instead of yeah. jump and tuck. Jump and tuck and landing on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if we did, we'd probably die. <laughs> yeah, I've tried it, mate. Fucking <laughs> landed on my head. <laughs> it's a crossover from the other training that you've done. Yeah. Like it's it's a benefit. But at that time, though, when you were training, when you were doing that general stuff that's non-specific, you were... You weren't stressed, you weren't anxious because you weren't doing your sport and you were relaxed and enjoying it. And that's what the, that's what the variance of the non-specificity will give you, I think, for, for most off-season athletes. Yeah, totally agree. So and there's like no, said, no one's disagreeing? No. 
No. I think with the, like you see there with, with with your movements, like if you look at anything, if you look at movement in general and, and, and the fundamental movement patterns, it's all the same stuff. So it's, when you're not doing your sport, maybe just do a variation of the same stuff. Yeah. Like I don't know how that's not yeah. um, a rational thing to say. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think, right, I'm going to get better at golf. I'll just play golf every day. But then, like, you know, what happens when you wake up that morning, you put your golf clubs in your car and you're like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. My elbow hurts. Yeah. And if you only swing one way, the same way every single time, you're only going to get so good. Because yeah. balance, the body works in balance. If you only get, yeah. if you only got one side super developed, you're never going to get any better because one side's overdeveloped. I've got so um, I've got um, a girl who've been training for the like the last Abby who've been training for the last four and a half years. One of my first PT clients. She's a mm. high level golfer all her life, um, and she stopped playing golf. And we've recently like she's we've decided in our chats that she's going to start playing golf again. So she's gone to play golf, and she's out driving herself from yeah, when yeah. she was at a decent level by over hundred yards, and she's yeah. actually eating further than um, some women who were on like the professional course at the minute. And she's not touched a golf club in years, but because she's more explosive, she's stronger. Um, she's been lifted. She's been squatting. More balanced. Way more balanced. Gr- yeah. Much better posture. Yeah. Um, she's out driving herself by, you know, a, a massive distances. Yeah. So, you know, that's give her the confidence to actually get back into golf and she's starting playing again properly, seriously. That's really cool. Four years off and you can be better than you were before. That's mental. Yeah. So what's what's the counter argument? Why do you think it's not um, uh, maybe not maybe maybe not agreed? But why is it not a popular point of view? Maybe I think that that comes from possibly like like um, newer sports like maybe MMA um, or for people who say say for example the GB powerlifting. Maybe they just do. Bench press, their bench press training is just bench press all week. Four days of five by three at whatever percentage. And they've not thought about anything else. And they just think, nah, this is the way we do it. Like Charlie at that uni, you're going to lift three times a week and that's the way we do it. Maybe it's just like a a stubbornness, like a narrow-minded sort of thing where they just think this has worked for us in the past. This is what we're going to do going forward. And that's it. um, An old school mentality, but... If I have a client who comes in to work with wrestling, so an MMA fighter who's serious that they want to get good at takedowns, then all we'll do for an hour is drill that same takedown. But you can see so many people who would be just so bored by that, especially when you're coaching young kids. It is quite tedious, but yeah. if you want to be good at wrestling or you want to be good at that takedown, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's like getting the buy-in from your guy who's just walked in the door, isn't it? Is that, yeah. What's that Bruce Lee saying? Fear not the man who has 10,000 kicks, but the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. I probably just fucking butchered that. No, it's right. Yeah, that's it? the one. 10,000, I've proved. It's not actually been researched, but that's what they say. You spend 10, is it 10,000 hours? 10,000. Mastery. Mastery, yeah, Robert. Mastery. Yeah. yeah. You have to do something for that long before. That's why Weeks is class at talking. Fair <laughs> one. I've talked for a lot longer than ten thousand hours today. Yeah. So. <laughs> under that new, under that massive beard, are these incredible, desperate jam, damn jaw muscles? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. I've got two jaws. I've talked that much. <laughs> right, lads, I've really enjoyed that. Um, 
and we're definitely going to get you both on again. In fact, I'd love to come on your podcast as well, which is Fight Strong Radio. Two episodes out with um, Leone, Henrik. I can't say your name how she says it. But, um, Don't, you'll butcher it. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely butcher it. But yeah, <laughs> subscribe to that, guys. You're on Spotify at the minute, aren't you? That's it, yeah. We've got loads of Spotify and Google and whatever next and yeah. Anchor and all that stuff. Loads of them. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on, lads. If you enjoyed the podcast, give us a message. If you want to hear any more or if you want to hear from these guys again, um, thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.